Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM and 1450 AM in the Louisville Southern Indiana market. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz coming at you as we do every Sunday morning, 9 to 11. I'm Kelly Patrick. Alongside my partners in crime, I have Steve Driver, Gary Love in studio with me. How are you doing this morning, guys? Wonderful. Oh, yeah. sorry, Gary. I had you. I had you muted there. How are you, Gary? I'm good. How you doing? He did. He did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to get the show started off by by touching mute, on some by, by muted, muting someone, oh, okay. muting someone, and saying, "How are you doing?" And then, "What's wrong? I can't hear you." Dude, no. talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's uh, Sunday, February nineteenth, and you know what that means here locally is we're rounding into. Season for college basketball and, and conference tournaments, Gary. Absolutely. NCAA tournaments right around the corner. So there's no limit to the amount of, I should say no limit with what Master P, he was involved in the All-Star, uh, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, to the amounts of, of college basketball talk that we have today. We're also going to get in some NBA All-Star coverage from the weekend. As the dunk contest was last night. And I think that, I mean, not to get too much into that right now, but they should just do away with the dunk contest because inevitably, every single year, all that can happen these days after Vince Carter and everybody in the past, the nostalgia plays so much into everybody's analysis of the dunk contest, and it should. We're comparing these dunks to what we've seen in the past. (coughs) There's just a limit as to how many dunks you can do. So nobody's going to walk away. There was a 0% chance that people were going to walk away from that and say, wow, but that was a great year, dunk contest. Last year and the year before with Zach Levine, people enjoyed those, right? They did, yeah. I think when you just dunk it the first time and don't use any silly props, people will be fine with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like some of the dunks they do, I mean – it shouldn't take you six and seven attempts to uh, impress no. someone because they've already. I mean, once you once you've already let the cat out of the bag, it just it it ruins it for everyone. And if you have four dunks per person, how about one where you jump over somebody? Not all four. I mean, this is ridiculous. So what you guys are saying is, even if the stars, if LeBron James and Russell Westbrook, <coughs> continue to not be in the dunk contest, that's okay. You just yeah. need some actual originality, and you need them to execute the dunks. It doesn't have to the be the first something, or maybe second yes, time, yes. not the eighth time. And it doesn't have to be something I've never seen before. Do a three sixty, okay, but just flush it hard, right? I saw I mean, some. Yeah. I saw some highlights. I didn't watch the dunk contest. It was so. bad. You you didn't miss anything. I guess you guys are no. describing as the actual impact of watching the entire process. I saw Glenn Robinson Jr. His final dunk looked pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. It's the one he got with his left hand. And these guys can yeah. jump. I just. But you're saying if I would have wa- actually sat down and yeah, watched so the experience, it's my different. My wife and I it? watched it, and she was just hand over the face. Oh God. Well, what about a? She was really yeah, stressed out. She was like, "Come on." She was embarrassed <laughs> for that. Yes. Well, she, and you, poor guy. <laughs> and you know it's bad. You know it's bad when Charles Barkley starts making fun of you. Uh, DeAndre Jordan was trying to dunk last night, and he said that just proves he can't dunk unless Chris Paul throws him the ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, they they were rough on a lot. Who, of Who was doing the analysis? Barkley and uh, Kenny Smith and okay, uh, Reggie Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Shaq. Shaq was in there for a little bit. Yep. Even the three point contest, man, they were they were kind of rough. Shaq was critical of three point shooters. No, uh, Shaq didn't do that. But I think it was who uh, won the three point contest. Kenny the Jet and Reggie Reggie, Reggie Miller. Miller. Yeah. 
Who won the three-point contest? Yeah. Uh, Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> Eric Gordon. Was Detlef Shrimp there? No, Eric no. Gordon, okay. I confused no. you for a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Eric, Eric Gordon, uh, he, uh, he's for the Houston Rockets, and he played for the Houston Rockets this year. Last year, he was at uh, the Pelicans, so he kind of knew he knew the he knew the court a little bit, so he had okay. a little bit of a – Yeah. But uh, they was making fun of him, saying, well, he better win as much – as many times as uh, Rockets shoot threes, that's all they shoot all year is three-pointers, so they should win. Yeah, the D'Antonis are, are firm believers, not just Mike, but his brother, whatever his yeah. brother's name is, yeah. for Marshall. They're firm <laughs> believers that inside presence is outdated in the sport of basketball at both the collegiate and the NBA level, and there's some truth to it. Yeah, You can you can get a, behind that. Uh, Warriors don't have the best inside presence. Nope. Eric Gordon, he beat out Kyrie Irving. Yes, he did. So went to win the three points. Well, he went by one, didn't he? I it was like 22-21 so, yeah. or something like that. That was entertaining. Yeah. Even the skills yeah. challenge with uh, Porzingis. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Okay, so you enjoy overall, what, a B for the All-Star Weekend or a C? Yeah, you know what I do? I record it and go back and watch. There's way too much time in between events. Yeah. Way too many commercial breaks. It's like the end of a college basketball game. Yeah. Any suggestions as to what they could do to make the – all-Star Weekend better? Uh, the not, Skills Challenge seems pretty cool. I remember Steve Nash would dominate that. I think Chris Paul's pretty good yeah, at it. Yeah. Um, that that really shows... The last two years, the big man's won it. Yeah, that's... Angus and Carl Towns. Very interesting that you can have a big man who, who's so effective. Yep, yep. Uh, and did you all watch the, uh, the World versus the USA... No, I didn't. Was, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it's, it's just like the All-Star game. What's There's the no, premise of that is you take um, U.S. born. Yes. And, uh, the, you, of course, you take the uh, the world team, which is everybody outside the U.S. And, and they they have to be in their first or second year, I think. Okay. So. Uh, Same Jamal, goes for the, the, the uh, domestic players? Yes. Yes. Okay. One, to, one to two years. And uh, it was, it was. Entertaining. There's no defense. Jamal Murray hit nine out of twelve threes. Really? He was MVP. I think he scored thirty six points. And he was he was on fire, but uh Jamal Murray, where's he playing at? Phoenix? Nuggets, right? Yeah, Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. Okay. Yeah. They got some shooters too. Yeah. Yeah, they're young. They got uh Emmanuel Moutier. <laughs> and then that uh the guy that was in the skills competition, what's his name? Joe Jokic? Oh yeah. And he's yeah. actually like look at his numbers. He's yeah. killing it this year. So you know there's a lot of young young talent out there, but as far as like Keeping these teams together, like the Denver Nuggets, as young as they are, and, and they're going to be pretty good. But I mean, how many how many Golden State Warriors can you have having all the all the guys stay together? Yeah, contractually yeah, wise, that's a difficult uh, situation <coughs> the NBA's in. Is the the Golden State Warriors have seemingly laid out the blueprint for what a lot of teams are trying to do, and that's just points in bunches, shooting from deep, a lot of three pointers. Yeah, yeah. And that's very difficult to, to duplicate. I yeah. don't know that that's a, a a safe approach. They drafted all those guys, though. It's not you know besides True. Durant, it's not it wasn't a free agent destination. They drafted Green, Curry, yeah. Thompson. Yeah. They just added. They Durant, had some right? supplementary guys yeah. like yeah. Livingston. I think uh, I think that team though. I mean, as far as like once once their contracts start to end, I think Steph's going to be the first one out of there. Do you? I mean, he he gets benched numerously because his defense. And like he said, the last five minutes of one game of the fourth quarter when they was down, I mean, I just you can just tell it's kind of on his mind yeah. a little bit. I don't. We talked about this the other day. I think 
I could see it both ways. To be I honest, see, I, I could yeah. see Curry staying there for his entire career. Me too. He kind of. But built I also, that. I also could see, as Gary's saying, is he was built up to be so great, so great, and now we're seeing that he, yes, he is. He's a uh, prolific scorer. He is a prolific scorer, but defensively, he's very below average. And yeah. offensively, he's got to have the ball in his hands. He's not good with moving. You know, uh, Clay Thompson. You can make an argument. He moves well without the ball. I agree. Yeah. But Steph isn't. Steph's still averaging twenty-five points a game, yeah. and he still leads the league in three-pointers made. I th- I think uh, Clay is the one whose game is really. I think he's a superstar. Yeah. And I think if you put him on another team, he would be right up there with. Harden and Westbrook leading the league in points. I think he can shoot that well. Yeah. And I think behind Durant and Curry, he's – I don't know what he's averaging, 20 points a game, maybe less, 21. I don't, I don't know. I don't, but still, I, I think he's a superstar. Yeah. The, the, the One of the main reasons I think Steph will leave, I mean, he's he's an East Coast guy okay. from Charlotte. I mean, everything he does, you see him at all the Panther games, Carolina Panthers, you know, during the offseason. He still lives there. That's where his family lives. That's where his, you know, his parents live at. It just seems like that's a little far for him to be away from home. And it just seems like he does all his stuff in Charlotte. Okay. So I don't know. It just, it just seems to me like. You think maybe Michael Jordan's in his ear. Never, never hurts. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte. I mean, they're they're young too. Did he work with Kimba? I don't know. I don't know. Kimba. They're both about the same size. Right? Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, and they both have the ball in their hands all the time. One of yeah. the things for Clay, like I said, is. He can in work today, well. Yeah, in today's NBA, James Harden, all these point guards, Lillard, I mean, the list goes yeah. on and yeah. on and on of point guards who across the board need to have the ball in their hands every second, yes. basically. Yeah. Yep. And there's very few guys who can impact the game by spreading the, the floor. And you could say, without Thompson, Curry wouldn't be near as good as he is because I, I think behind the scenes, Thompson does a lot of work. He's getting open. He's, you got to spread the floor to have that type of an offense work. Yep, yep. So we're on the NBA getting things started here, and that's okay. From a pop culture reference point, Kyrie Irving stole the, the, the weekend. He came out, and not only has he said on social media before, the earth is flat. But he was questioned about it over the weekend on a couple different occasions. And the, the, the way that he handled those questions has really caught a lot of attention. He was very matter-of-fact. He acted like he was dropping a big bomb on everybody when he said, it's not a matter of if the world is flat. The, the earth is definitely <coughs> flat. He looked at the interviewer. He did it a couple times. Right in the face. The earth is definitely flat. Wake Kyrie up, Irving. people. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Wake up, people. Don't believe everything you read. So I don't know. I've been in a plane before where I'm pretty yeah. sure I can see that the earth is not flat. And that's me personally. I'm not making that up. Right, right. So I don't know. Maybe that's it's it's an illusion. Listen, I would have been on board with any other conspiracy. <laughs> if he would have said we never landed on the moon, I would have jumped on board. I don't care. His yeah. conspiracy the theory earth advisor. Is flat, yeah. I'm definitely up there on all of them. So. Yeah. But I don't know about this one. He's... Uh, who knows? He could be just be messing with everybody. That would be funny if he was. Yeah. Yeah. And he just doesn't care. That's just like I mean, not to, not to get off topic, but you, speaking of the not never landing on the moon, Jared Lorenzen, he used to play for UK. He he swears up and down that yeah. you, that there's no one's ever landed on the moon. A lot of well, people think a lot so. of people. Eddie yeah. Bravo's confident. I mean, yeah. not oh, that yeah. that's a credible, yeah. um, the most credible of 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 rational 
non-conspiracy theorist type guys, but Eddie Bravo, creator of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, yeah. he's co- he will laugh in your face if you say man has set foot on the moon. <laughs> so, and if you look into it, there's supposedly some holes in some of yeah. the footage they we released. We don't need to get into that. No, yeah. we don't. <laughs> but what about LeBron's uh, response to that? He's, I, I he's, watched some of the interviews. I didn't see what, that. What did LeBron have? He to said, say? "He said he's my brother. You know, if he thinks to, if he thinks the Earth's flat, then it's flat." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Who cares what he thinks? I mean, yeah. uh, what was the guy for Hard Knocks this past year who believes dinosaurs are fake? Yeah. Oh. Or he he believes that there's. What did he say? He didn't think that dinosaurs ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, who I love, Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, he's funny. Um, yeah. But Jimmy Kimmel had that guy on his show, and and I forget what his name was. But they they had a hilarious segment one night talking about how dinosaurs never existed. They went into a a, a museum and saw a bunch of dinosaur bones, and they were basically educating one of the guys who worked there on camera that dinosaurs didn't exist. It was awesome. Yeah. But moving right along, Kyrie Irving stole NBA All Star Weekend from a PR perspective. That's outside of the world of sports. People are. I haven't heard Neil deGrasse Tyson chime in on it yet. <laughs> but I'm confident he will be, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, other rappers and, and hip-hop musicians over the past couple of years have said that, I think. But Kyrie Irving, one of the best players in the NBA, had a huge performance last year's NBA Finals. Comes out, yep, Earth, Earth is flat. So moving right along, NBA All-Star Weekend is behind us. We are in the heart of college basketball. Steve, I know we're, we're twisting your arm. We're getting you. You're on board, though. How many games did you watch yesterday, Steve? I watched about three. That's impressive. Yeah. I appreciate that. Obviously, you watched Louisville and Kentucky. You appreciate it. Like, I'm, <laughs> like it, was a, it was an assignment. Yeah. I'm yeah, devoted. <laughs> Getting some homework. You like college basketball. I'm not saying you don't. Yeah. Okay. What, what game did you watch outside of Louisville and <clears throat> Kentucky? Because obviously, we're going to jump into the Louisville and Kentucky games and the impact of their wins at this point in the season and all, all those details. Yeah, I watched uh, Kansas-Baylor, and you guys <clears throat> you guys got to understand, just imagine if Louisville or Kentucky was just bad for a couple of years. That's how I – I mean, Ohio State hasn't been good since Aaron Kraft was there. So yeah. just imagine if you had three or four seasons of – Bad team. That's one thing. How that, invested would you be? Who Kelly? beat them? Who beat them? They lost at home yesterday, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they lost by one to Nebraska, I think. Yeah, it was Nebraska. Yeah. So just imagine, I mean, <laughs> put yourself in my shoes, Kelly. No, I, I, I can't, to be honest with you, because what the Louisville made, 2006, I believe, Louisville went to the NIT. The year after their final four run, Gary, am I wrong here? I think it was 2006, Louisville went to the NIT, and they haven't been back since. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because I think it was two of two of Patino's first five or six years he th- went to yeah, the NIT. Yeah, he yeah. went to the NIT twice. Okay, yeah. but my point is this: you're right. We are spoiled, yeah. Gary. We yes. don't have a Billy Gillespie or a, a <sighs> or a end of the road Denny Crum. Let's be honest; that yeah. was pretty bad too. Yeah, um, we're very spoiled here locally with our local teams, and I'm talking specifically about Louisville and Kentucky because Indiana is not going to the tournament. No, absolutely not. I mean, they're 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 borderline going to fall apart. Yeah, I mean, are they going to go to the NIT? Is the question. Well, will they be honored? Let's to see, accept or deny a, a what birth they, to the NIT? I don't. I don't get that. Why? Why people think they're too good to go to the NIT? I mean, it's still extra practice, and if you got a young team, 
I mean, that, it's, that works wonders for your team the next year. You get your yeah. extra practice and stuff like that. But I agree. I think you should <clears throat> take pride in whatever opportunities you have and try to better your team. Um, but, no, Indiana's not not going to the tournament. Yesterday, Kentucky beats Georgia at Georgia 82-77. At the end of the day, it was a win, and it was a road win in conference. Yep. Gary, what are your thoughts on the game? Well, I mean, like you say, they they played they didn't play well. I mean, Maiden Maiden got injured the first two two minutes of the game. And granted, that's their leading score. So once they Kentucky practiced to stop him, but once once he went out, it was like everything on the fly. I mean the second half, um the second half, Georgia ran the same high ball screen the whole game. And there was, until the last two minutes of the game, there was no kind of uh, <clears throat> readjustments in the defense. And I was thinking the whole time, why don't you just send the double team after Frazier, let him, let him get rid of the ball, make somebody else beat you. And the last two minutes of the game, they did. They, they ran out and double teamed him, and the Georgia fell apart. So I don't know why they, did, they didn't do that earlier. J.J. Frazier is a senior, five foot ten senior, Really showed up yesterday as he, he dropped 36 points on the Wildcats at home. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky had struggles at certain points of the game, but at the very end, it seemed De'Aaron Fox really came alive, and he showed up big when they needed him most. It, it, you know, he was, for the game, he was only 4 or 14 from the field, but he hit some very clutch plays right at the very end. Yes. I Who's mean, your MVP of this game for the Wildcats? Um, I'd say there's probably two. I mean, Willis, as much as he gets beat off the get, gets beat off the dribble and things like that, his twelve his putback with like a minute and a half left or two minutes left on an offensive rebound, I mean, that kind of drove them to the wind. I mean, after that, they got the one-point lead. You shut Georgia down one time, and, and the next thing you know, they have to foul. So, I mean, I was reading something, too. On these stats here, it says uh, UK had 28 points in the first 15 minutes of the second half, and they were outscored 33 to 28. When Briscoe fouled out at 4:53 mark, Kentucky scored 21 points. I mean, I was talking a couple weeks ago about having certain ball stoppers on the court. Isaiah Briscoe, it just seems like when he gets the ball in his hands, there's no reversal. It's give me the ball and let me either shoot it or take it to the basket, and he leads the nation and miss layups. But like Cal said after his post game, he said some he said some of these guys are going to see their minutes diminish. See their minutes diminish. Wow, who um, who is he talking to? Uh, I would say William Gabriel. Okay, because he 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 only played ten minutes, but when he played, oh, he, he was a, a complete defensive liability, yes. and that says a lot considering he's a power forward yep. and Derek Willis is who's ahead of him, yeah. and he's no defensive. No. He you was know, uh, he was three guru. for three. Yeah, he, no, absolutely not. But he was three for three from the field, and uh, but William Gabriel. I mean, I kind of give him a pass. This is his third year playing organized basketball, and he went from six two to six nine in like a year. So it, it's going to take him a while to get used to playing that spot. Will he contribute <laughs> down the stretch for this Kentucky team, or should he be relegated to the bench? Uh. Because it looks almost like at this point. Now I, I agree with you. Yeah. You, you get all these expectations. He was a five star. Yeah. I mean, he was a, a serious recruit and and signing for this team. Yeah. But at the same time, you're right. He's only played basketball for three years. Yeah. 
He's a freshman. He's young. Yeah. I mean, he played he, 10 minutes last night. Now everybody's on his, his uh, ass. I mean, yeah. that's got to be a tough, yeah. a tough, uh, deal for a true you know a real freshman like that such a young guy and you see the upside for him i think three or four games ago he had 23 points and eight rebounds so it's just like it's hit and miss i mean if if you give him the first five minutes and you don't see he's doing anything i think he gets in his head so you have to pull him out and you're just hoping that one of them plays well Derek willis or winning gabriel steve what are your thoughts on this this was a win for kentucky the 13th Ranked team in the country over Georgia, I don't think who's fifteen and twelve now, six yeah. and eight in conference. <clears throat> I think the guards just need to shoot better. Yeah, I mean, I was watching Kansas, and you see Frank Mason, Josh Jackson. Their team goes as they go, and those guys are great. And uh, I don't. It just seems like Monk. I don't know if he's not getting open looks or not, but what well, I don't know what he shot, Gary. But it was like. Three, I think three, it's three, three of eleven. Three of eleven. Yeah, three of eleven. Okay, so not very well. I yeah. know Fox isn't that great of an outside shooter, but neither is Briscoe. Yeah, so they've got some uh, problems. If you got two of those yeah. guys in your backcourt, yeah, and they're both not shooting a high percentage. One of them, you know, Fox either just needs to get to the rim. Monk has to get some outside looks going. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky bells teams out. <clears throat> I mean, JJ Frazier had two fouls with eight minutes to go in the first half. And didn't pick up another foul the rest of the game. I mean, guys, he was the only player doing anything. Why don't you attack it? Go to the basket. I have a feeling Cal was trying to do that. Oh, my I, I don't fault Cal for any of this. No. I think they have such a young team yeah. that it. my hat goes off to Cal for his team being where it's at. Yeah, I think Rick, imagine if Rick, not to make this about my Louisville Cardinals, was dealing with all <laughs> basically how many freshmen is he working with? Well, he's starting. He's starting four freshmen and one sophomore. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. So I mean, imagine Rick or any other coach. Yeah. That'd be tough. Yeah, not tough. They'd be miserable. I think. I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe not the worst team in the country or lose every game, but they they would certainly be prone to inconsistencies. Yeah, and it always seems like Adebayo is. Is around five for eight every game, doesn't it? I, and and they had nobody that could guard him last night. Yeah, why doesn't he? I have no idea. They they it's just like. Do you think they just collapse on him when he gets the ball? Or well, some some teams do. Like last night when they when he was getting the ball, everything was one on one. I mean, they, but I don't know. I guess I guess I don't know the rules very well. But how can you, you mean, how, wait a second? What do you mean? You do know the rules. You're an official. I, I mean, yeah. But I officiate football. Okay. So, but you know the rules. Yeah, but, officiated but it, it's like it's different as far as like you're not supposed to be able to take a charge when you're in the little restricted area. Okay. Georgia took three charges standing right under the basket last Didn't night. they change that rule at some point? No. It, I think it, they – I thought that they, they had that little area, right, yeah. that we grew up with. Yeah. But I thought they changed something. I may be wrong. Maybe I don't know the rules. Yeah, if, they, if they've got – you know, if they're so inside – You're being tongue-in-cheek. You're not sure? I mean – so you're just saying some bad calls. Some, yeah, sometimes they call it, sometimes they don't. But everybody, okay. every time they call it, they say, well, they're in the restricted area inside the little circle there. You can't take a charge in there. Okay. But Georgia took three of them. I, mean, I know the difference in in dipping your shoulder into somebody. I mean, that's going to be a charge wherever you're at on the court. But somebody standing there with their hands straight up, you're, you're not supposed to be able to take a charge in there. So, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just it's crazy. But as far as officiating, I mean, everybody, everybody knows that. I mean, there's some suspect calls in every game. But look at look at Kansas. I mean, they've won. This is going to be their 13th straight conference championship. The officials take care of Kansas, and the and, and they, they take care of Kansas. And look at the calls they get. 
I mean, it don't matter. I mean, they got some calls at Baylor yesterday, the last two minutes of the game, which were, I mean, atrocious. That is kind of the rap. It's so at it, Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, I mean, even this, on the road. Was they at, was on the, they at was on the, yesterday. yeah, they was at Baylor and they was getting some crazy calls. So, and it just seems like the SEC, UK, the leading, the leading entity in the SEC, it just seems like they get crapped on by their officials. So I mean, you'd it's like unreal. to see them get the calls? The I mean, Kansas I mean, skits, or would you like to see? I mean, no, no. Officiated fairly. I'd, I'd like to see Kansas officiated fairly. I mean, Bill Self got into officials here yesterday t- calling a, uh, calling something, and the next time down the court, it was called. I mean, I just don't understand that. But, you know, officiating, I mean, everybody's going to have good and bad games. Yeah. But, I mean, I think I think yesterday's officiated was like Georgia had 22 fouls, Kentucky had 21. So it wasn't terrible. It was just – Bad parts of the game when yeah. Kentucky's on a little bit of run, it just breaks all momentum. Now, we have the rest of the show we're going to continue to get into not only Louisville and Kentucky's wins from yesterday and their implications of, let's be honest, these wins in these games on February 18th, they're nice. And don't get me wrong, the Louisville and the Kentucky fans get extremely worked up over them. Don't get me wrong. But we all know we have a very educated listenership and local college basketball fan base on both sides. What matters is how these teams perform in March. Yeah. Gary, what do you see from this Kentucky team come March? I mean, right now, if the tournament was to start today, I think Sweet 16 may be their limit just because of their defense efficiencies. But, if I mean, like when they played Tennessee last game, if they – if they can play defense like that, they could be a lead eight team. I just don't I, I don't see them as a Final Four team this year. Okay. So moving on from Kentucky, we'll obviously get back to them. And there's other games. Oregon's looking really good. I mean, Sheesh. you mentioned Kansas and Baylor. we got plenty to get to across the country. We're going to head to a break. But when we come back, we are going to get to the Louisville win at the Yum Center, which seemingly was an NBA game with the score. And the the style, the back and forth. Was Mike D'Antoni coaching both teams? I don't know. (laughs) It looked like an NBA team uh, in an NBA score to me. Once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. Get in on the action. Be sure to stay tuned. Myself, Kelly Patrick, Steve Driver, and Gary Love will all be back with more of the weekend sports buzz. You know I love it. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM and 1450 AM. The Big X coming at you as we do every Sunday morning. 
from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. The Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. I encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action, whether it be your feedback regarding the University of Kentucky basketball team and the how they're looking rounding into March. Or the Louisville Cardinals, how they're looking. Or any feedback on anything else we've discussed this morning, please give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We covered the Kentucky win yesterday. Gary, I assume both you and Steve watched the Louisville and Virginia Tech game at the Yum Center, right? I did. Yes, sir. Cardinals won 94-90 at certain points in the first half. And even in the second half, I said to my son, who I was watching the game with, I said, I bet Louisville's getting ready to run away with this. And, and I thought that I thought that this Louisville team has played well at certain points lately, and I thought they had hit were hitting their stride, and I just had a good feeling about it. But Virginia Tech just kept hitting those threes. I mean, they're seventeen to twenty six, yeah, sixty five percent from downtown. Um, and and Buzz Williams and Buzz Williams and that team they just they just wouldn't die. Yeah, I mean, Buzz Williams said after the game, if they didn't hit all them threes, they would have lost by forty. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a serious clip, sixty five percent. And Louisville shot fifty four, about fifty five percent from the the three point land. Yeah, they only so hit what, one, four less. Yeah, yeah so, so really it wasn't just one way; <laughs> it was just the rims were were working for both teams. Thoughts on the game from yesterday, guys? I I was with you. I thought that Louisville was about to make a run, run away with it, especially in the first half. I think they had a ten point lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, just defensive breakdowns, I guess. How could you be the the number one team against the three in the yeah. NCAA and then give up that many three-pointers? Uh, I know Virginia Tech's a good team, though. They're going to make the tournament, right? Uh, they, they, they said that they, they're supposed to. Virginia yeah. Tech's supposed to yeah, make the I tournament. Mean, it, little, it looks like They're 18-8, and eight, ninth in ACC. I mean, But still, I thought should. Louisville should have ran away with it, like yeah. you said, Kelly. Um, Ty Outlaw and Seth <coughs> Allen both were just lighting it up from downtown. Yeah. Seth Allen with six three-pointers, six of eight. And, and Outlaw, five of six. He had five three-pointers. Yeah. Buzz Williams is a, a hell of a coach. And I, I, I like Buzz. I like having him in conference and continuing <coughs> the, the rivalry. It kind of brings back memories of the old Marquette days when Louisville would regularly play Marquette. <coughs> yeah. And you get to see the – I don't know if you guys noticed, but – very animated Buzz Williams. He kind of looks like Butterbean. <laughs> he kind of yeah, does. Yeah. Butterbean slimmed up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious on how long he's there, though. Yeah, that is an interesting, very interesting. If you read his Wikipedia, his career trajectory is, uh, uh, I don't think he was much of a player. Right. Shockingly. Yeah. Um, but, just uh, a student <clears throat> of the game, very likable. But, what, Gary, why do you not think he'll be there very long? Because uh, Marquette was kind of, they was kind of forcing his hand. He wanted an extension. They wouldn't. They wouldn't want to give him one. Virginia Tech was like the only open job at the time, so he went there. And look at Virginia Tech's historically terrible. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of built them up to where they're playing pretty decent. I just yeah. think. I just think that's stepping stone. Yeah, stepping. I mean, I think he's he's a bigger coach than Virginia Tech. I think from his perspective now. Now the the dollars and cents are what really talks a lot of times. Yeah. But from his perspective, what bigger stage? And you have the lower. The lowered pressure to a degree, 
You're at Virginia Tech. Maybe you'll get to stay there for a long time. And to me, from my perspective, why not just stay in the ACC and continue to compete and be on the big stage regularly? Now, if you're looking at it from him personally, you know, he goes from Wisconsin to Virginia. I mean, that, and then is he planning on staying there or does he want to continue to? Because, yeah, I agree with you. He's got them playing well. Yeah. They looked good yesterday on a big stage. I just think coaches have. Health. I just think coaches have bigger aspirations. Yeah, they, I mean, they've got egos. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> but I don't that, know. that brings up a whole different topic. See, yeah. I can just go into different directions. Mark yeah. Few, I mean, uh, yeah. Shaka Smart. There's so many case studies that we could analyze yeah. and, and say one way or the other. Which you know, Shaka, he he had a several job opportunities, but he or just five or six jobs, I think he would have taken. I mean, Texas is – that's a pretty good job. But VCU is paying them well, too. They, yeah. They had increased – I read a report where they had dramatically increased their tuition since he came there. Yeah. And and then he just bounces. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't – Mark Few, on the other hand, appears to have made the correct decision. Yeah. At least thus far. Yeah, he's – I mean, it's, it's that's a good job. I mean, they're not and in a great conference. Thanks to him. Yeah, I wonder if they would ever try to go into another conference. I mean, you would think they would, but I don't know. Yeah. Because eventually, so many Elite Eights and Sweet Sixteens, I mean, without being tested. We talked about that, what was yeah. that, a few weeks ago? Yeah, it just seems like, it just seems like there's, they, need, they need to go somewhere else. Kelly, let me, let me get you back on track. Please here. do. I, I, I'm okay. very prone to just random ramblings. <laughs> let me ask you ramblings. this. Louisville had a 10-point lead in the first half. Mitchell was on fire, 6-for-6. Six six. He was. I know he banked one in. Who cares? Yeah. He, he hasn't missed one. That's nothing. Yesterday, the one guy banked two baseline yeah. threes. Yeah. So, 10-point lead in the first half, and then Virginia Tech goes on a 24-13 run. Mitchell's not getting any more looks. You bring in... Uh, Jay Henderson and McMahon. What was with that? I don't okay, know. So sorry to interrupt so, you. So they, they yeah. pl- Why Jay Henderson so early, though? I've they, never they seen played well. Both him. of them played well offensively, but Virginia Tech goes on a 24-13 run then in the first half. Do you think maybe they're not as good as <clears throat> on defense as Mitchell and Dangadell and some of the longer, more athletic players? I didn't, I didn't understand that move. I thought that was the point where Louisville was going to allow extend Virginia that lead. Tech to stay in it. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I also think they tend to, they tend to relax on defense too. When Once teams, they get a lead, teams when they get a lead, they kind of they kind of pull back a little bit and take a break or whatever, and it it hurts it hurts several teams. I mean, like we talked about yesterday, Baylor had that big lead, and they you just can't relax against teams like that. But Louisville, I mean, uh, looking at these stats here, Mahmoud, of course, he didn't do anything again. I mean, that's several games in a row. Well, no, he had a big game. Let me see. Give me a minute. All right, they're big in the. It, down low, though. Mahmoud, all right, I'm bringing it up here. They're, they're big down low. They do. And Jalen Johnson played well. Yeah, 16 that and 8. so much. Yeah. I mean, he took his guy off the dribble several times. Yesterday. All right, last game at Syracuse, Mahmoud had eight rebounds, 12 points, three blocks. Yeah, that's all you can ask for from So, so Mahmoud, yeah. out of the past five, one, two, three, four, four games, he showed up, I guess you could say, against Boston College. Um <clears throat> He had eight points, three rebounds, three blocks. But at Virginia, Mahmoud, 35 minutes, one of six from the field, two points, one rebound. That was in 35 minutes for Mahmoud. Yeah. And that was a few games ago, I know. Yeah. But you're right, Mahmoud is very inconsistent. The fortunate thing for Louisville is they have, as you said, Steve, 
depth. Oh, yeah. And Jalen Johnson steps up as a solid game. Eight, po- eight rebounds, 16 points. <clears throat> One of those. Did you see that, Alex? Louisville's yeah, prone to some big dunks. Yeah. He, said after the, he said after the game he had to dunk it or they wouldn't have thrown him the ball again. <laughs> So, Why did he dunk it with one hand is my question. Know. Why not go two hands and just make better. sure that you make yeah. it? I guess them guys see each other doing it, and they just try to yeah. one-up. I mean, Because Mitchell does. Oh, Mitchell has some great move. dunks. Yeah. He does. And, and Jalen Johnson, I'm part of me is wondering if Jalen Johnson, he's so broad yeah. that he may end up having a big year next year as a senior. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to play in the NBA or anything like that, but um, – it's difficult to really tell who the most valuable guys are on this team. Yeah. At one point yesterday, I saw in the game Jay Henderson, David Levich, Ryan McMahon all at once. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? And this is a pretty important <laughs> moment of the game. Yeah, yeah. that was odd. I, yeah, I looked. I, I flipped over and seen uh, Henderson playing. I'm like, who is this guy? I mean, I've seen him sitting he's on got, the bench. You first, are, you're taken back by his hair. Yeah. he's got very cool hair. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, uh, Spalding. Spalding hasn't done anything in a while. True. He had five rebounds, five points yesterday. Yeah. A couple blocks. Yeah, but uh, I'll tell you what, McMahon, he's impressed me, though. I mean, that guy's not afraid to shoot, is he? No, he's not. I I, I like how he defaults to shooting, (laughs) and it's like, that's why you're in there, so you better shoot. now. even you better make it. (laughs) You better make it. He was three, three for six from the field yesterday, but a couple of his shots that he missed... He was off balance, and he probably had to have known he probably wasn't going to make them. Yeah. Like, he knows he's a shooter. You're right, Gary. He, yeah. he, when he's in, he's yeah. going to shoot it. I like it. I yeah. lot like his, uh, yeah. his, his he's story, a de- too. He's a defensive liability, though, right? Yeah. He's got to be. I but, mean, on but, drives. Yeah, he's got to be. It's, isn't it crazy that of all the teams that, that are out there, that Dick Vitale – Found this guy and watched him play yeah. in a high school game one time. That is crazy. And the first coach he decided to call, the only coach, was Rick Patino. Said this guy don't have anyone, any D one scholarships. That's that's even crazier than the Russ Smith story. Now, yeah. obviously, Russ Smith was much better than Ryan. McMahon. Oh yeah, but Ryan McMahon's what now a freshman? Yeah, yeah, he redshirted last year. Last year, so. Um, Do you think this roster is going to get condensed a little bit to win? Tournament time comes. He, is there going to be a seven eight man rotation instead of a ten ten guy rotation? Yeah, I mean he made. I mean Henderson's not going to be in there during the tournament. Henderson better not be in. No, uh, <laughs> but as far as everyone else, I, everyone else, I think he'll play. Patino likes to wear teams out. He does, and, yeah. and that's his mo. As I famous, I hate to pat myself on the back, but as I famously did four years ago. Remember the Kevin Ware injury against Duke? Yeah, I did. Stuff like that happens in the tournament. You're playing a lot of games, not just the NCAA tournament, but you're right off the, the back of the conference tournament. You played in a lot of games. Injuries happen. I came on here the morning of after Kevin Ware got hurt, and I said, ladies and gentlemen, I swear to God I did, Tim Henderson's going to have a big day today. Yeah. Because I know Rick. Yeah. And he does stuff like this. Even in the important moments and the important games, he plays guys that he is confident can contribute. Yeah. And then, sure enough, Tim Henderson came through and had a, a, a what did he hit, two of the biggest threes oh, against yeah. Wichita State? Yeah. So, yeah, so. I think he's going to, to answer your question, Steve, yeah, he's going to condense it a little bit. What I mean by that is Jay Henderson sitting on the bench. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> yes. I, you know, Anybody I, else? I, I don't think so. I think everybody else. Think everybody else is going to play. Yeah. 
Gary, I mean, he, Gary what do you think? Yeah, Anybody I mean, he's going to be bumped. Yeah, no, because he's played he's played Levitch all year. Yeah, and he likes Levitch. Yeah, he Levitch likes Levitch. Has played well at times, almost as a point guard at certain points. Yeah, he's he's good. He's he's actually underrated defensively. I mean, he's decent defensive, but you know, McMahon, he's gonna he's gonna get in there to shoot. But uh, I mean, looking at the roster, it looks like Henderson. I mean, that's the first time I've seen him play. I think he hadn't played ten minutes all year, had he? I don't even know why he was in the game yesterday, but but uh, no, I think he'll I think he'll stay with that same lineup. But my question yesterday was, is I don't know how I really don't know how good this Louisville team is. You know, since Louisville's been in the ACC, they've never beat a ranked team on the road. Wow. No, they're like zero and nine or zero and ten. We'll we'll find out more this Wednesday when they go to North Carolina. So you said, Gary, and as I continually beat the drum of we're all educated college basketball fans. Even if you don't follow college basketball, you know a little bit about college basketball right. if you just live in this vicinity. Absolutely. Uh, and you don't evaluate teams based on them winning at home, at home. or on the road even right. in, in February against maybe a subpar team or whatever it is. All of this is irrelevant, yeah. right? At the end of the day, we're going to look back on 2017 March Madness and we're going to say, how far did Louisville go? How far did Kentucky go? Right. You said Kentucky at this point. Sweet 16, Sweet Elite 16. 8. Max, yeah, Max Elite 8. Team. And that's not a bad thing. It's not. You it, get to the Elite 8. Yeah. Anything anything can happen. Yeah. No, if you get, you could still advance, clearly. Yeah. I mean, you never know who you're going to face or anything. Right. But what, do you, what are your thoughts right now for this Louisville team? Um, I think matchups is – they've got to find the right matchup also. I mean, if they if – they, I mean, you could – you can tell yesterday, even though they was at home, they they beat a team that hit 16, 17 three pointers. But if if they can if they go up against a team that runs, I just don't know if they can stay with a team that runs like a UCLA. Okay. Uh, North Carolina likes to get out and run, but I mean they're just so long. I, I don't know. I mean it like you say it all depends on the matchups. But you just baited me there. Okay, so sorry. Sorry. Before I move on, if you have to predict. How far, Steve? You too. How far is this Louisville team going? I think they can make it to the Final Four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you is get, that your prediction? If you get hot at the right time, and get the right opponents. I mean, and yeah, this is for a sure. deep team. You can you yeah. can argue yeah. it that way. Yeah. I mean, if they get hot, man. Yesterday, if they start shooting the three well and defending it well. If you're the eternal optimist and you're evaluating yesterday's game, you're saying, well, we haven't seen Louisville win that style this year, really. Yeah. So they, they were able to score a lot of points and show that their offense can at least hang with a, a hot team. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. I mean, they had Jalen Johnson at 16 points, eight rebounds. Donovan Mitchell had 26. Quentin Snyder, 19. Although he was called for two travels, and I'm pretty confident he got away with another. Yeah. It's a, uh, he did that uh, uh, seven step drop, I think, at half court. But. He, he looks like. Um, He's playing well. I love – he's like a bull in a china shop sometimes when he drives to the basket yeah. and he gets what seems to be a dead play and he turns it into just a, a – not, not not quite as elegant as Tony Parker, but he's just good at getting to the basket. So that's where he gets a lot of his points. And it's almost like a YMCA player, but it works. Yeah. It's like he's the, he's the common force on the team. I mean, he, he, I mean, he, he, he keeps them guys even killed, it seems like. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot to say about, about Quentin Snyder. He, he dribbles with his head up. He's a point guard who doesn't have to do everything, but like I said, he gets to the, the rack. He was 7 of 12 from the field yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he's a good college player. That's that's exactly yeah. it. He's a good floor general yeah. at the college level. And possibly this year's junior, 
next yeah. year, maybe even go down as a really good college player. Yeah. He continues to. I like the ball in his hands, too. Exactly. Yeah. And he can shoot threes. <laughs> um, but it does seem like he's still shaking a little bit of rust off, as evidenced by not only the two travels. I'm pretty sure he was called for two travels. But then also the other one. He had yeah. a lot of drives to the rim that just didn't fall. You know, it took a bad bounce. Like two or three, I mm-hmm. thought, yeah. that were just in and out. But still, those are high percentage shots, and you can live with yeah. them. You know what yeah, I mean? For sure. You can live with those. They're not fadeaway mid-range jumpers. Or, yeah. You know, he, he's, he's moving toward the basket. Yeah. So, Steve, you're predicting a final four <clears throat> run for this Louisville team. I think, this, I think they can get there, yeah. Today, February 19th. Steve? Uh, I'm sorry, Gary? Uh, if... I guess if I had my in my pick, I'd say they probably about the same. They're, as yeah, they're, I don't know if they're a Final Four team just because they struggle. I mean, yeah, they they hit twelve threes, but they just struggle scoring so so many times. So I mean, I don't know. I don't. I, I would say Elite Eight maybe is their ceiling. So same as Kentucky. That's yeah. about fair. Yeah. They, they, both these teams seem to be. But the thing you can say about it is this: Mar- uh, February nineteenth today. How many teams in the country are truly looking elite? Oregon, as I said, is looking really good. Yeah, they look. I mean, they look really good. Yeah. So, how many teams out there are looking way better than either of these teams? And that's a serious question. Yeah, Gary, both Steve? of them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe three. I mean, you've got I, Oregon. We don't know how good Gonzaga is, really. No. Um, I think North Carolina is pretty solid. North Carolina solid. Big win yesterday. Yeah, but you know, yeah, they. But I, people say it was, it was a big win. I mean. I think uh, Virginia's lost three games in a row, four of their last six, and I think the two teams they beat is Louisville. I mean, the one team they beat twice was Louisville. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Virginia's they made them more, look bad, more, though, right? Oh, yeah. They scored, what, 41 points? Yeah. Well, the second time at Virginia was a depleted Louisville team, but the first one they beat, you're right, they beat the hell out of them. At, at the young. Yeah, that was a, a, a full roster for yeah. Louisville. That was a, a bad loss mm-hmm. at home yeah. for this Louisville team. But clearly – Tony Bennett, Virginia, they've got Rick's number for some reason. Oh, yeah. At least right now they do. Yep. How significant, how much will this game Wednesday at 9 o'clock at North Carolina yeah. tell us about this Louisville team? Um, solid, they got to play solid defense. I mean, North Carolina can get the ball up the court in two passes. So their guards got to get back. I mean, as soon as that ball gets up, somebody's got to leak back on defense. That's how Kentucky. That's how Kentucky played them. I mean, Kentucky likes to run, but North Carolina. I mean, they they get the ball up and down the court. So I mean, yeah, I don't know if I'm expecting them to win this game, and I also don't think it's a big deal if they do lose it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I think North Carolina's crowd's overrated. I mean, it's like a rup crowd. I mean, they don't get wild and crazy because they've got all their they got all their older people sitting down low too. Okay, so it just I don't think the atmosphere is going to be that that great. So I mean, Lowell, Lowell may go in there and win. Elaborate for me, Gary. I appreciate you. you you're a Kentucky fan, but yeah. did you just say, insinuate that it's not that great of a crowd? It's like a Rupp crowd? Yes. I mean, Rupp. Elaborate. Rupp, Rupp's not a great crowd unless a big game, Kansas, Louisville, UCLA. But if you if you have your regular games, okay, it's not a great atmosphere. Where is Duke? Yeah, you Kansas. Say about the Yum Center is not a great no. yeah, yeah, okay. time, so, right? So, no, Yum. No, I agree. Yum Center has the same yeah. stuff. You got you got uh, you've got uh, Cameron Indoor at Duke is great. Uh, yeah. Kansas, those two. Oh yeah, Kansas uh, is great. Oregon's probably pretty solid. Oregon's right? is solid, but if like UCLA, I mean they're they they'll have a nine o'clock at night game, and 
Oh, well, that's Los Angeles. Yeah, their crowd don't get there till halftime. Yeah. I mean, just it's just I don't know. It just I mean, college basketball. I mean, you it's hit and miss. I mean, like it Lo- is Louisville. Louisville, of course, they don't have huge atmospheres unless it's a big game. But nine o'clock game. If this game Wednesday was at the Yum Center, you got oh. a bunch of drinks and everybody. I mean, how many how many people gonna be running the court then? I mean. <laughs> That's gonna, be wild. Let's, let's do a little backtracking there. <laughs> <laughs> that guy running onto the court in the backstory has turned into one of my favorite parts of this sporting year. That guy was nuts. Did you contact him? I added him on Facebook. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't accepted. I think he's probably still in jail. Yeah, no doubt. Because not only did he run onto the court, and he did some good dancing with the, the uh, Louisville cheerleaders, and then he tried to go into the, the, the huddle. huddle. <laughs> With who was it? Josh Past? Who was it? No, that was Miami, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, Jim Laranaga. Yeah. He tried to go into the huddle, but he got tackled and beat up by police officers. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. But as he was being put into the cop car, he threatened to kill a bunch of cops. Oh yeah. So yeah, that guy's in jail for a long time. Yeah, he's gonna be in there for a while. So that was a crazy story. But I don't even know if he was <clears throat> drinking. I think that guy just had something else. Going yeah, on. he probably he he's got some demons somewhere. So Louisville can have a big atmosphere if it's a late game. Yep. And it's a big game. They get drinking as good as anyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, need, considering other places don't even let you, right? Yeah, you can't you can't drink at UK. Um, <laughs> so that's a big difference. I mean, yeah. If you could Not if only, you could drink at UK, I mean, it'd be who knows what. Would yeah, happen. no yeah. doubt. Did you watch Villanova play yesterday, Gary? I watched. Yeah, I watched a little bit of them. They they look pretty good. They yeah. They, they, they only rotate like seven guys, yeah. right? And they have no inside. Presence. Yeah, they don't have any inside presence. No. I think you. Their best inside players hurt. Yeah, right? yeah, he got hurt. I think two or three games ago. But uh, I think they could be beat, though. I do too. They just have good it's, leadership, right? They're just uh, they don't turn the ball over. No, a lot. I mean you got Josh Hart, uh, you got Jenkins. So yeah, they're they can be teams that rely on the three can be beat. Yeah, for sure. So I mean it's it's why uh, it's why like I watched Arizona play last night and they look they look pretty good. But I mean teams that just want to shoot all kinds of threes it just seems like there's a lot of teams that do that too, yeah right yeah like like we talked about earlier the nba is going to teams that i mean the big guys i mean if you don't have a great big guy then that you rely on your outside shot i hate to be that old guy who says you can't rely on three pointers you you live by the three you die by the three yeah you die you lose by the three but that's who i'm turning into i don't like you know my team relying on three pointers because as you said you're you're prone to to droughts. Yeah, you have to have a big man. Like you know, like Cal said, if you if you don't have a big man, your team's a fraud. I mean, it just I mean, you've got to have some kind of post presence, and and everybody, if if you want to get on Calipari for not going to the zone, everybody wants to play zone. But if you if you want to look at look at Syracuse against Louisville, they went to zone. And they can't rebound. You can't rebound out of a zone. Yeah, no, it, you got to – even Jim Beheim, the master of the zone, it, it's got its own struggles. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Once again, we are the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. We'll all be right back.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM in 1450 AM. The Big X. When it rains, it pours. And when the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line lights up, we start getting calls pouring in all at once. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We have our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, guys. How's everybody doing this morning? Doing great. We appreciate you calling in. What do you got for us this morning, Brian? I got a 49-1 to shocker in the uh, latest derby prep yesterday at Golden Gate Field in the El Camino Real. Uh, Ten points to the winner. A horse named Zacharoff. Longest shot on the board, 49-1. to One. Uh, does Zacharoff go on to the derby? Uh, I don't know, but uh, paid 100 bucks for a $2 bet. That's uh, that's the kind of excitement that uh, keeps people on edge going into Derby. Wow! So, so you're engaged. Where was that at? That was at Golden Gate Fields in California. Ten point race, big deal for them. Churchill gave them ten points for their their big signature race for three year old Colts, and uh, and there were some good ones in it. But uh, the longest shot on the board pulled it out. A real shocker. Now, many people, as I include myself in this group, have kind of short attention spans when it comes to following horse racing, Brian. What are a couple names of horses that we should familiarize ourselves with, being that the first Saturday in May isn't really that far away? No, it's, it's a lot closer than uh, you can think. Uh, so it's, uh, I'll start with what I talked about last week on the program, McCracken. Um, very good horse that just won the uh, Sam Davis down in Tampa. But be honest with you, Kelly, it's really starting to heat up right now. So things are really, this is the time of year. So if you haven't paid much attention to it, no problem. Uh, just pick it up now because uh, this is where the rubber hits the road. Great, Brian. We appreciate you calling in this morning. I know you were tuned in to not only the Louisville game against Virginia Tech, but also Kentucky's win at home over Georgia. What are your thoughts, before we let you go, what are your thoughts on those games for both Kentucky and Louisville yesterday? Well, first of all, the Georgia, uh, the Kentucky-Georgia game was at Georgia. I'm sorry. Uh, no. And, uh, yeah, but uh, tough tough win. Uh, as everybody knows, it's tough to win on the road. Uh, Kentucky saw that actually losing going into the final minute, but uh, pulled out a win. A win's a win. Louisville got more than they bargained for from a, a short Virginia Tech team that didn't have all their pieces, but put on probably the most impressive uh, shooting display since uh, I used to watch the ABA back in the 70s. I haven't seen a team shoot that well in a long time. It was great to see, and for Louisville to survive that storm, uh, and I got one word for you guys, Jalen Johnson. How big did Jalen play? I mean, he is really, Louisville's needed some, Megatrez left, Louisville's needed some meat in the middle, They've got, you know, string bean guys up and down the roster in the middle, but Jalen Johnson is a 
really looks to be uh, a true power forward in the model of some of the greats in the NBA as far as size. I mean, he's got great size, and he's finally playing up to his potential. And, and Louisville was a very good passing team internally. Uh, so, And then again, Ryan McMahon, that's getting to be a national story, Kelly. Uh, this Ryan McMahon comes in nine points. I mean, uh, you go to ESPN, and uh, everybody's really starting to catch on to this, probably because Dickie V's trying to claim all the credit for him. But, uh Every every show, you know, every show he, oh. he puts his name out there. So I don't know. I guess yeah. Dick Vitale's going to be a recruiting expert when he retires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so Dickie's going to overhype him. But he has, I mean, you know, I actually thought he should have played more late in the game. I mean, Louisville needed points. It was clear in the second half of that game that Louisville was going to have to outscore Virginia Tech. And they left him on the bench. Not really sure why. He had nine points in nine minutes. And I know Q played very well, shot very well, and I'm not saying it should have been Q's minutes, but uh, especially with VJ not in there, who's statistically our best three-point shooter, uh, I would have liked to see Ryan play a little bit more in the second half. Yeah, but like you say, who do you take out? Yeah, yeah and is Ryan McMahon, how big of a defensive liability is Ryan McMahon? I don't think he, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's undersized, but I've been impressed with his quickness and his, uh, uh, you know, his hustle and his athleticism. So I, I know Rick says he is, and if Rick says he is, that's good enough for me, uh, a defensive liability. But I think he's gotten a lot better in that, and I've heard Rick even comment to that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's a. I think right now he's a two-guard, and you just can't take Mitchell out of the game. I mean, he had 26 points. You can't take him out of the game for a red-shirt freshman down the stretch. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. So I don't know where they, I don't know where his minutes came. And I guess, I guess when you've got – and both and, – and I thought Q played very well, so I'm certainly not uh, implying that. I don't know where his minutes came, but uh, nobody's scoring at a higher clip, including Mitchell, per minute per game than McMahon. Now, of course, if he got the minutes Mitchell would, it would certainly tail off. Uh, but what I like about what's happened with Ryan McMahon is that when he's in, the defense pays a lot of attention to him, and it opens up things for other people, especially down low, so – He's been a great attribute. You know whose minutes he's taken is David Levich's. Yeah, he played three minutes yesterday, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I, yeah, so. I'm with you, though. I think playing good. I think without Jalen Johnson yesterday, I think Louisville loses. I mean, that guy, I mean, he held his own inside. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, Louisville could have lost. That's three games in a row that Louisville could have lost but didn't lose. Uh, but uh, that was, I really think that was, not so much bad. There were some wide-open threes in the first half that Louisville gave, gave up. But in the second half, you've got to give credit to Virginia Tech. They shot lights out. Those two guards they had, and even their big man was canning them from three. I mean, it was very impressive. And, you know, it's easy to, you know, blame Louisville's defense or whatever. But I, I really think a lot of credit needs to go to Virginia Tech, who is going to the tournament, you know, a little different than – uh, Georgia, who Kentucky had trouble with yesterday, this Virginia Tech team is going to the tournament, and I wouldn't want to see them again in the tournament, and I wouldn't want to see Miami again in the tournament. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Brian. We appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. Great show. I love listening to it. Great stuff there from our man Brian the Insider. As I said, when it rains, it pours. In the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the Buzz Line. We actually got our man, the Truth is on the line with us. How are you, Truth? 
Well, how are you doing? I'll tell you, you just got through doing a great interview with a great guy. I think highly of him. Maybe one day he can be like me and be an icon. Do you know what I'm saying? Hey, let's before we get to talk about the Hoosiers, I'm gonna tell you two teams who really playing ball. We got to give it up to Kansas and Louisville. I mean, Kansas and Louisville is playing ball out of their mind. I mean, they this games if. Kansas and Louisville, the last six games for Kansas, they could have lost, but they pulled it out. They played good ball. I'm not hate, but it's just the real deal. Yeah, Kansas is playing. They're playing well. Yeah. I mean, they got three losses. They're twenty, what twenty three and three or something like that. So, yeah, they're playing well. Hey, but here's the thing: they were there about fourteen minutes, or uh, fourteen points with about maybe three or two minutes left in the game, and came back and won. I mean, no, they down. Mean, they was down six. Yeah. They played like champ. I'm talking about when they was playing. Was it that's first uh, half? The first half. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but but let's get down to this. I know y'all probably licking your chop. You probably went out. Probably, you probably called had a meeting with Harbaugh. Yeah, with me about the Hoosier Nation. Listen, the Hoosiers going to be all right. Don't y'all worry about Tom Green and the, the truth. Hey, but you know what's the great things? Coming up, I heard y'all talking about the horse race and all that. What went on sale yesterday? Uh, NIT tickets for Indiana. <laughs> the Derby Classic tickets uh, okay. went on. Went on sale. Why do I gotta come here and keep y'all boys informed about anything? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, that's because that's because our teams are usually they got their guys in McDonald's games, Jordan Brand Classic. <laughs> Kentucky certainly does. Truth, who do we have to look forward to at the Derby Classic this year? Oh, well, I, listen, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to see Indiana players and to see can, I can get me a goal can play defense and can dribble and pass the ball and learn the fundamentals. I'm uh, asking the Holland Go Traders to come in and teach us how to dribble and to do a real bounce pass. Hey, before I leave, let's give a shout-out to the boys for the state of Indiana. Eric Gordon win the three-point contest. Glenn Robinson third win the dunk contest. They both from the state of Indiana. And, what, and neither neither one of them went to Indiana. Why, why is that, Eric, Truth? Eric Gordon did. Eric Gordon did. Yeah, Eric Gordon, he played, what, a year, I think? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, well, it only took him, what, 11 years in the league to accomplish anything? So that ain't, that ain't too bad. Hey, before you go to let's talk about your Hoosiers. Uh, you told us two weeks ago they was going to turn, and they haven't won a game since. They've lost listen, four in a row. Listen, listen. Go ahead. Okay. I, I was waiting. I was setting you up. Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> I bet I you were. You up. I was setting you up because I know you got always want to get me all fired up. <laughs> I'm gonna, but I'm going to leave you with this. I don't like to get sassy, but I don't like getting nasty. But the Hoosier Nation, we're going to win our full last game, and we're going to win the Big Ten the Big Ten time. See, I still say to you, tell me to March the 15th, come down, and we're not, we, if we go to the NIT, yeah. I still believe we can win full ball. I believe that anybody can win and more. But we got to do a lot of improvement. And yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why would, here, here's how I am, the truth is. I don't care about my Hoosier if they don't win. I'm a diehard Indiana fan, and if we if we get beat, I still think we win. I don't know what what's going on in the national. I guess. I'm just, 
Hey, let me tell you something. What's going to uh, happen before? The, did you hear about the Pacers? No. Paul George? Uh, going to, uh, maybe going to Boston? No. Uh, I got a, I got my source there that there's a big trade post going on. It almost went down yesterday. Larry Bird is talking to Magic Johnson. Him and Magic Johnson being on the phone to send Paul George to the Lakers. For, <laughs> wow. That would be huge. For, for who? Hey, hey for, for Clark and Inver. The, the guy came out of Duke. Yeah, yeah. we know. Yeah. Okay. That's the, uh, I got a friend in Indianapolis, but Paul George, uh, somebody, uh, <laughs> Magic and Bird, Merchant and Magic and Bird's good friend because you, if you heard Larry Bird last year, that he wanted to get more athletic. Mm-hmm. With big guys, and Clark was fitting good at, and Ingram was fitting what Larry Bird a vision what he had for the, the pacer. He want to get big and athletic and run with the ball, and so that's what's getting ready to take place. I think it will take place Tuesday or uh, Wednesday before the Thursday draft that Paul Joel will be at the Lakers. Great stuff from our man, The Truth. We appreciate your call, Truth. Have a great rest of your weekend. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Good stuff. you got to appreciate how he's keeping the faith, especially considering, what has it been, since it's been a month? Yeah. And the only win the the Hoosiers have is a triple overtime win. He's positive, though. In Bloomington. Against what, Penn State? Against Penn State. They're they're, they're a world beater, aren't they? (laughs) <laughs> um, we appreciate Truth's calls. Oh, now, yeah, absolutely. Sure. He's got a great attitude, yeah. and, and who knows? If that trade comes to fruition. He looks like a genius. He looks like a genius. Yeah. Everybody across the country is going to be saying, who is this Truth character? Also yeah. also Chris hearing Bouchard that. Bouchard uh, or the Truth. Who yeah. <laughs> I'm also hearing rumors that uh, Nolan's Noel may be on his way to the Pacers. But we don't know yet. That'd be a good fit for him. Absolutely. I, d- I don't know if the Lakers give up on Brandon and Ingram. <laughs> no, t- second year in? No. He's been looking pretty solid. Yeah. He's, who yeah. I don't know. And the Lakers, I think they have a top three protected pick. So if they're if they're really bad, they get to yeah. te- they get to keep a top three pick. If it's past the top three pick, they have to give it up. So I don't I don't. They're see young. Them trying to get better this year. Yeah, I don't know. Ed and Paul George. How long has he been in the league now? Still, I think he'd be a good fit for like I mean, the Celtics. So yeah, so oh yeah, that's one piece away. Yeah, I mean, like the Lakers, they're they're so young. Yeah, I mean, they've got Julius Randle. I'd probably stay young if I was. The yeah, Lakers. absolutely. Yeah, you want to build it a solid. That's not saying that Paul George isn't good. Oh he's, yeah, he's yeah, he's I, really good. I think he can put a team over the top. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> did you all did you all hear what uh, Cal said yesterday in his post game press conference about uh, college coaches getting fired mid season? Yeah, uh, he went on a rant, which you know I kind of agree with him. I mean, you fire Mark, Mark Godfrey, he's been to four four NCAA tournaments in six years. I mean, NC State's not a great job; they're, they're third fit on their state. But like he said, what if you go on a run? What yeah. if you win nine, ten games in a row and? That that sucks knowing that you're fired and coaching the rest of the year. Well, you, doesn't it? You lose your team. It seems like this. Your team's like, well, this guy ain't gonna be back next year anyway. So, you know, I mean, I, I guess don't know. you do it for the kids. But it, yeah, if I got fired, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like working an everyday job. You know, we're gonna let you go, but we month. can't. Yeah, we can't replace you for two to three weeks. Can you go ahead and stay with us for then until we replace you? No. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't do that. You'd be sabotaging <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know him and Mark Godfrey to friends. But he he was upset about that. 
And he got upset about Georgia's coach shaking some Mark feet, Fox. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Georgia's co- they run good stuff. I mean, granted, it's hard to recruit at Georgia. Them guys, I mean, they do- Yeah. Watch their next home game. They may have fifteen hundred fans there. It's just I mean, it's a it's a football school. Yeah. So I mean they had fans of the game last night in shoulder pads. I mean they forgot which game they was going to, so I don't know. And they've lost a lot of close games too. This they've year, lost right? a bunch of close I mean, two of them they got holes on the shot clock. So I mean, yeah, they're. I mean, they're. They're maybe a piece or two away from being. I mean, he's he's a good coach because I followed him. He was at Nevada before he went, got to Georgia. So I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, We're gonna head to the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, where we have our man Adam Townsend is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Adam? Adam, are you there with us? We're going to channel our man Adam Townsend, primetime, who is arguably the, the best 145-pounder outside of the UFC. I'm sorry, 155-pounder. He's 16-4 and four as a pro. He's fighting on Friday for LFA, one of the feeder, a new conglomerate that has combined two of the local promotions or national promotions that are feeder organizations for the UFC. So our man Adam Primetime Townsend will be with us here shortly. So, in the meantime, while I'm channeling yeah. me here, speaking, guys. Speaking of uh, fighting, how about that Broner fight last night? You know, there was a time where he thought he was going to be the next Floyd Mayweather. Yep, but they, they step up. They step up, in, you know, in class as far as, like, the talent that they're fighting, and you, you start to realize. Yeah, I think Floyd had a lot of fights <laughs> before he made it to that. I, Broner just wanted to be Floyd yeah. off the first fight, right? Yeah, you can't jump up too quick. I mean, I don't know. Speaking of Floyd, I hope this uh, Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight goes down. Yeah, yeah, I, but like you know, we talked about before. I mean, the pay per view, the price was going to be outrageous. So you think one hundred and fifty dollars? <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. I mean, because I, I mean, if they're promising Shh. if they're promising both these guys that much money. I mean, you'd have to get a couple of your buddies in and go thirds. Yeah, fifty dollars a person. Yeah. That's yeah, so. that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Because I remember the fights, like the Tyson fights, used to be what forty nine dollars. Yeah, and, and so. Floyd's latest fights have been around seventy. Yeah, yeah, right? so, yeah, seventy. So I, I don't know. We'll I don't. See. I don't think it's going to be one fifty though. It'd be over a hundred. Yeah, I guarantee it. So I don't know. We'll see. I saw Conor McGregor <laughs> spar the other day. There's a video of him sparring. I just don't think it's going to be a good fight. Not um, a good boxing match, no. at least. Once nope. again, guys, sorry to interrupt you there. We've got our man Adam Townsend is on the line with us. Before I bring him on, I'm going to do a little introductory. For him, he's the best unsigned fighter on the planet. He describes himself per his Twitter account as trailer trash from Tennessee. He's 16 and four as a professional. He fights at 155. He's headlining LFA Friday in Broomfield, Colorado, which is just outside Denver. We've had a few RFA and Legacy fighters on over the years. And the two organizations have combined to form LFA, which is a, a, a feeder system for the UFC going forward. We've got our man Adam Primetime Townsend is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Adam? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing great. We appreciate you joining us. you got a big fight. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. You've got a big fight coming up Friday. Adam, tell us about your opponent. What do you know about your opponent, and what are you looking to do on Friday? I think that he uh, he comes out and he tries to bully people and he throws uh got really 
heavy hands. He uh, kicks hard, and and I guess he's got good wrestling and jiu-jitsu as well. He's a game opponent. It's a, definitely a good matchup for both of us. Okay. Now, you say on your Twitter, I'm, I'm just reading this directly off of your Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Best unsigned fighter on the planet, and you say, quote, trailer trash from Tennessee. Tell our listeners about yourself. Why Why do you describe yourself as, obviously, you're the best unsigned fighter on the planet. I mean, you have a legit case for that. You're 16-4, and four, and, and you've been very hot over the past few years. I know my man Gary Thomas talks about you at every chance that he gets. But Trey yeah, from Tennessee, is that is that really who you are? That's really who I am, man. I'm just old. Uh, uh, I got a little bit of everything. I don't know. Like, I don't really describe myself as like a redneck or uh, or anything. You know, I'm just kind of like the just the guy that can do a little bit of everything. And you know, like uh, my one of my sponsors was telling another guy about me. He was like, you know, he's one of the people that can wear Jordans and also have a rat tail. You know, there's not a lot of people that can pull both of them off type of thing. So. You know, I just I got my own little flair, and uh, you know I, I like to have fun and have a good time, and you know not take shit too seriously. No, qu- no question, Adam. Um, describe your fighting style, and if we could, you know, I, I do have to press the dump button if we we use you know any profanity at all. But descri- <laughs> describe your fighting style to our listeners, please. You know, I just like to come forward. I you know try to move my head as much as I can, and. Uh, Throw heavy punches, go for heavy takedowns, and always trying to come forward and finish you. That's you know, that's really me summed up in a. It's like a, it's like a dog fight. You know, I, I want to see who can break first, and it's and it's never been me. So it's always been the other person. Now, does that mean kickboxing and Muay Thai are your forte, or or do you also train in you know jujitsu and wrestling? What 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 is your your, your primary uh, martial art that you train in? I, I don't I don't train in a primary martial art. I do them all. Uh, every every day, you know, um, one day will be Muay Thai, one day I'll be doing Jiu-Jitsu, one day we'll mix them together, and that's just how, you know, that's how we that's how we do it. Everybody's too good these days that be one-dimensional. When you're one-dimensional, you'll get beat exposed really, really fast. It brings up an interesting point there, Adam, is MMA fighters these days, you saw it with Ronda Rousey. She was really good at judo. She came to the top. She was dominant. Yeah. But... Every fighter out there these days, guys like you and, and other guys that are, are coming up in 2017, you do. You train in everything, so you don't have any holes in your game. Yeah. What, 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 what are your thoughts on the current state of MMA? And is someone like Conor McGregor, who seemingly his strength is kickboxing and, and karate, how long can someone like that be at the top? Number one, don't get me started on uh, Conor McGregor. <laughs> now, Conor, okay. I, I don't like Conor McGregor at all, but uh, I'd love to have the opportunity to fight him. But he, um, he, you know, he's got the best left hand in the business. That's all there is to it. Um, but you know, he, he's very people. That's what I tell people: like anybody can go out there and fight him. I know that Khabib can beat him, Tony Ferguson can beat him. There's a bunch of people that can beat him. But the fact of the matter is, they've got to beat him in his wrestling. They're not going to outstrike him. I don't care who you are. So. The thing that you gotta do is you gotta go out there and wrestling from the jump, and that's what people don't do. Chad Hendo has done that and was very effective with it, but you know he didn't have the cardio because he took the final eight, eight days notice. If anybody else would have done his game plan, he'd already been beaten and exposed. But they don't give him wrestlers either, so you know there's that. But the the state of MMA is crazy. It's changed so much even since I've been, uh, you know, in it this little. I've been doing it for six years, just a little over six years now, like six years in a month that I've been training. And, uh, you know, it's changed so much. The landscape's changed, but 
who's going to be really tough is the kid that's going to be in the, the next five years. That's when you're going to see a big jump in, in the uh, the fight game because you have all these kids that's been training since they're about 13, 14 years old, coming out of town pro as soon as they can hit 18, and them guys are going to be monsters. Now, Adam, tell us about the promotion you're fighting for. You're no stranger to RFA. You fought for yep. Valor and, and many other promotions over the years. But tell us about the, this new promotion. I think that it's great that the LFA has uh, just come together. You know, it's I fought on the first card that the uh, LFA and RFA done together, the co-promotion, you know, where we was rivals and we was trying to win for our team. So that was a pretty cool concept. And now that they've, um, you know, they've kind of cut out of, I guess, maybe cut out of middleman in a way because it's, you know, used to be easy to, you know, rock the hard with RFA if he's rocking hard with, with Legacy. So now that they're combined, there's so many more shows and so many more opportunities for people to get noticed like myself. So. I think they've done a great job, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. <laughs> it, lo it looks like, Adam, this is kind of your home until you get the call-up to somewhere like Bellator or the UFC. Is that accurate? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, 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 I don't have a problem at all. If, uh, I'll fight for the LFA again. You know, hopefully I get to the call-up to the UFC after I beat Marcus. But if not, then I you know, would like to have a title fight uh, for the LFA. I think I deserve one, so you know, we'll see what happens from there. Okay, Adam, we appreciate you joining us. Before I let you go, George St. Pierre announced, or he was, it was recently released, that it looks like he's going to make a comeback. How do you think yeah. he would do against Connor? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's such a good wrestler, but um, I, I don't know how his chin is. You know, his chin was kind of leaving that at the end. I think that they'll make the uh, Anderson Silva fight happen. That's just my opinion on who I think. I don't think that he would want to fight Wonder Boy. Or they even want to fight Tyrone. I think he can beat McGregor, but I think Anderson Silva would be the easiest, biggest name fight for him. Wow, Anderson Silva, that would be a big one. Thank you very much, Adam. We appreciate you joining us. Once again, Adam Townsend has got a big fight coming up on, on Friday. Good luck to you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you very much, buddy. Good stuff there from our man, Adam Townsend. We've had him on the show before, and he was very well behaved today, actually. Gary, I told you that in the past I had to I had to use the dump button on Adam like five times in one interview. <laughs> yeah. Once again, Adam Townsend. That's at Ad Adam Townsend MMA is his Twitter handle. Very exciting guy to follow. Like I said, he's he's been fighting for six years professionally, and he's sixteen and four. So I mean, a very active guy who, who's 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 all over the sport, and not just here locally. As I said, that's over in Colorado for the feeder system for the the UFC. So, Adam Townsend, great interview there. We appreciate you coming on with us. Yeah, it was, it was good. It, it it don't sound like anybody I'd want to mess with. No, yeah. no, he's a tough guy, 155 yeah. pounds. And if you watch him, anybody out there, YouTube any of his fights. The guy's very um, athletic, and you can tell he cross-trains in everything. That's the, the current state of <laughs> MMA is you, you've kind of got yeah. to, to have everything. You can't just be jujitsu and, and Muay Thai. Right. Because that's kind of my formula would be – you got to have some stand up. You got to have some ground game. So I would do jujitsu and Muay Thai. But then you, you you roll with somebody who's really good at wrestling, and they just beat the hell out of you. They have such good position. They wrestled in high school or maybe even a little college. And I mean, that, that, you got to have everything these days. You guys are MMA fans, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Gary, you, you you chip in and get some UFC cards. Yeah, I do every once in a while. I think I think they have too many. I mean, they really yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, it's just like every other week 
<clears throat> so it's kind of there's some UFC today. Yeah, it's getting it's getting their UFC getting kind of watered down, but just because they have so many fights, I just think I just think they need to cut it back to once a month, maybe once every you know With once the every pay per views. Yeah, yeah, pay per views. I, I think if you put the other ones on Fox, yeah, if you put them on Fox, watch them. Yeah, I'd watch them. Yeah, I mean, you get. I think you get to wait, watch Fight Night today. Yeah, yeah. That, that what's that? Five thirty or six? I think it Something is. Something like that. Yeah, I think it's six. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a good one. Yep, I'll definitely watch that. Um, what do you guys think of of Connor? I know it's a star driven sport, as any combat sport is. What are your thoughts on Connor? I think he's trying to be. I just I think he's trying to be today's Muhammad Ali. Okay. He, he, he likes to run his mouth and draws more attention to himself. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's exciting. Because Can you blame him? You, no, absolutely no. not. Cause, I mean, that's where your money comes from. People yeah. want to see you either get knocked out or, or take it to somebody. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you don't see these quiet guys getting paid all this money. No. So, I don't know. Anderson Silva. Adam, obviously, is not only a, a very proven commodity within the world of being a fighter, but he had some great analysis there, too. He said Anderson Silva against Connor would be a great matchup. And what he means from that is from a marketing perspective, everybody would like to see it. And uh, Anderson Silva is a good case of a great fighter, arguably the greatest fighter ever. But his English was very minimal. He certainly wasn't as a promotional guru no. like Connor McGregor or Chael Sonnen even was. So if, yeah. you're, if you're in a, uh, the combat sports, even Floyd Mayweather, play the heel. Yeah. Right? Yep. You got to have some kind of a shtick where people hate you or they love you or whatever it is. George St. Pierre had the entire, you know, all of Canada behind him. So that helps. Yeah. But still, Connor is, is not only as Ireland, but what percentage of, of white Americans are Irish or can identify themselves as Irish? Not 50, yeah, 70, yeah, 70 percent, 80 percent. I don't know what he's been a huge boost to the UFC, and he's made the most money a fighter has made up to this point in the UFC, right? Per fight, I guess we don't three million, three million for his last fight, I think is the most ever. I was listening to it. Is that what it it came out to? Yeah, I was listening to a a Chael Sonnen has a really cool podcast I've been really into over the past couple weeks, and one of the Ben Askren, um. Ben Askren, actually, a, a current UFC fight, uh, MMA fighter, should be in the UFC soon. He said, MMA fighters get about eight, between 8 and 13% of, of the purse. Boxers get 80% of the revenue. Yeah. Wow. So 8 to 13% for MMA, and boxing is 80%. I mean, something called the Ali Act, which Randy Couture and I think some other guys are really involved in Washington trying to get. Tra- more transparency that bridges those two figures closer to each other so that uh, Dana White can't um, keep it private as to what the, the revenue is. Yeah, you, you know, you would think the MMA guys would get more purse than that. I mean, it is brutal. It's worth $4 billion, <laughs> yeah. right? It was just sold for $4 billion. And yeah, and they take a whole lot more punishment than boxers do now. Even even Broner last night, he's kind of a he's not a huge fighter. He's not a huge name. He made a million dollars off that fight last night. Yeah, and yeah. that wasn't a that wasn't a pay per view. That was on Showtime. Showtime, yeah. Imagine yeah, yeah. if you had pay per view buys mixed in there. That's why. Oh I don't, yeah. That's why I don't blame Connor, even though he would probably lose in a boxing match yeah. if he can make fifty million dollars. Oh, yeah, blame he'd, have to, hell yeah. he'd have to fight 20 times in the yeah. UFC yeah. to make that much money. I mean, I mean, nowadays you make most of your money on the pay-per-view sales. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah. Like, well, I in the UFC, I don't think they get a percentage of the pay-per-view buys no, to where Mayweather does. It lacks transparency, and this Ali Act, which should be, many people do believe, Randy Couture seems to, he's kind of the, the, the uh, jilted lover of the UFC. Him and Dana do not get along. Yeah. So Randy Couture, considered one of the best MMA fighters ever, um, he is spearheading this basically attack on not only the UFC but also Bellator, where if you have Conor McGregor and you've got somebody, like Adam just mentioned, a few guys who could legitimately beat Conor. Yeah. But is Dana going to match him up with them? No. No. Well, is, it's a is more, Conor going to want to fight him either? Well, it's not really up to him in this situation well, in if bo- he's contractually boxing, obligated to stay with UFC. You can kind of pick who you're not True. They're, they're, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a combat sports are a very difficult thing to market because as much as I'm saying let's do the Ali Act and let's have MMA be more like boxing. Steve, you just brought up a great point. I know exactly what you meant. Boxing has all sorts of flaws too, right? Yeah. I mean, and there's all sorts of shadiness. I mean, look at Don King and uh-huh. Bob Arum. And I mean, it's still everybody. going on. Yeah. Yeah. Ev- that's, Del Hoya. Yeah. yeah. And, and everybody's yeah. got their own motives and everything. So it's never an easy fix. Yeah. Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. I think our next caller is going to help us get back on track. We have our man Marcus is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? Well, I'm doing great if it weren't all the traffic for crazy people trying to drive to their various superstitious nonsense on Sunday morning. <laughs> Are you, was that a shot at religion? I think it was. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, whenever somebody asks me what religion I am, I always just shake my head and say, I'm not superstitious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, fair enough there, Marcus. Sorry for your problems with the traffic. Sports-related, what do you have for us this morning? Well, I have to say that, personally, I had a really disappointing sports week uh, because of two things. First of all, I was at work a couple of nights ago, and a gentleman at work pointed out to me that there's a video going around that shows the stupidest human being in the NBA talking, which you would think that a human being that's this stupid wouldn't be able to speak, but this idiotic jackass who never should have been allowed to go past the third grade in school, much less go to Duke University, Kyrie Irving proclaimed that the world is flat. Okay. (laughs) Attention, morons. It's not. I'm taking it from your your tone, Marcus. You happen to be one of the people who believes the earth is round. See, here we go. It doesn't (laughs) matter what I believe. The earth is round. Okay. Right? It's not a matter of opinion. So that's your opinion. You know? (laughs) That's that's like saying 13 times 13 is 112. No, it isn't. Right? So take a test, write that down as the answer, and fail. Duke University should lose its accreditation as a college for having this jackass pass any class. Okay. All right, Marcus. You you disagree with Kyrie Irving's opinion. 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 (laughs) Beyond that, what are your feelings about this week in the world of sports, Marcus? Well, speaking of sports, I went to the mailbox on Thursday to get my copy of Sports Illustrated. And guess what came? The annual swimsuit issue, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I flipped through it, 
and I wrote a letter to Sports Illustrated and thanked them for having the courage to publish a swimsuit issue that celebrates the average and the mediocre. So the women are less attractive in this year's issue than in years past. Uh, let me tell you this. I can walk around Louisville, Kentucky, frankly, not a city known for its good-looking women. <laughs> okay. I mean, let's be honest. You go to malls in most big cities, and there are dozens of attractive women everywhere you go. You go to Louisville, not so much. <laughs> but I could go to the worst strip club in Louisville. <laughs> the worst strip and club. And find better-looking women okay. that are in this rag that they published. Right? Okay. Now, Kate Upton is in there. Still beautiful, of course. Hannah Davis is in there a couple of times. Still beautiful. But the rest, I mean, it's it's like they just randomly walked around streets of a few major cities and said, hey, you're extremely mediocre looking. How would you like to celebrate that by putting on a very small swimsuit and taking pictures? Right? Yeah. Okay. That, you know what? I'll tell you something funny. Going in past years, giving the previous issues of Sports Illustrated, they put in there a little blurb that says, if you do not want swimsuit con uh, content, you know, contact us at etc. And I've always assumed that the, the people that fill that out are like perverts and Baptist ministers and other idiots, right? <laughs> okay. But next year, I'm checking that. <laughs> because you don't like... I, I would rather get a Sports them. Illustrated... Yeah, I, you know, if I want to see average women, I just walk around Louisville. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Marcus. We appreciate your call. As always, have a great <laughs> rest of your weekend. We look forward to hearing from you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff there from our man Marcus. He came yeah. in hot today. That was a that was a hot take. He doesn't sound like he's doing much for the the feminist <laughs> culture, right? Do you think Marcus is real big on feminism? <laughs> no, doesn't sound all. like it. No, or church. <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what groups he is but big on. The Earth is Round. <laughs> he's, he's one of those Earth is Round guys. Yeah, one of those Earth is Round truthers. You know, everybody's got their opinion. We've got to, it's 2017 and we have to acknowledge everyone's opinion. Yes. Yeah. So we appreciate everyone tuning in. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to head to a break. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM and 1450 AM in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market. We had a pretty eventful segment we had there. Our man Adam Townsend was actually pretty tame in contrast with Marcus and his attacks on 
everyone. The women of Louisville? <laughs> organized religion? Swimsuit issue? And he, he wasn't too... Fo- I don't think he was very con- fond of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. <laughs> Other storylines we haven't gotten to this morning would be Lonzo Ball's father... LeVar Ball is apparently very confident his son will be a good NBA player. Gary, tell me about this guy's quotes. Yeah. <clears throat> the middle of the week, he made a he made a comment that uh, Lonzo Ball is going to be a better player than Steph Curry. In the, then, NBA. In, the NBA. in the NBA. And then last night, they interviewed him on TV when they was playing uh, USC. And his dad said, if you put him on the Warriors and you put Steph on UCLA, they'd be a lot better. He's crazy. So I don't know. I mean, he's putting he's putting a whole lot of his son's already got some pressure on him. Now he's making it even Seriously. worse for him. Yeah. And he's the coach of the high school team with his other kids, right? Yeah, Chino Hills, I think is what it is in California. Yeah. His his son's the one scored. How many points he scored? 90? 92. 92. What if they all turn out to be duds in the NBA? Well, he scored 90. It easily happen. Yeah. Easily happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his his son scored 92 points, but they got video of him where he never crossed half court the yeah, whole game. He just hung back, yeah, cherry picking the whole entire game. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. I have a feeling Marcus <laughs> ruffled some feathers. We actually have a female from the city of Louisville on the line with us. We have Katie. How are you this morning, Katie? I'm okay. Um, just a little disturbed by Marcus's anger. Okay. What what specifically about Marcus's call upset you? Well, Marcus, I'm sure, didn't go to Duke University, which is not easy to get into. Um, I don't know personally. Um, you know, I haven't done the research, so I can't scientifically say one way or another. But um, I don't think any of us should be taking advice from someone who thinks that O.J. Simpson did not kill his wife. Okay. So specifically, Marcus's assertion that the earth is round is what you're, you have a problem with? Or just his time no, saying Duke University should lose its accreditation, its, its, its ability yeah. to, to conduct business as a university. Okay. Marcus did yeah, get a we've little heard more away with his attacks. Yes. We've heard more absurd things from other players, and for him to come at Duke like that, I mean, low blow. And, and like I said, we can't take anybody seriously that is going to side with O.J. Simpson. I mean, the man wrote, if I did it, this is how I would have done it. I mean, what more proof do you need? Okay. So, so I, what enough. I see here is a budding rivalry between two callers. We have Katie, who feels O.J. Simpson was guilty of the murder in 94. Uh. Uh, she agrees with Marcus that the earth is, in fact, round. Sure. She does uh, not. I don't know. I can't say for sure or not. I, <laughs> yeah, Katie, it's an opinion. I, I don't know. It's a matter of opinion. <laughs> oh my god! So you think maybe the Earth is flat? We are going to have an hour-long segment next week. I don't know one way or another. Okay. With a debate, we're going to yeah, start it up. I don't know one way or another. Okay. But I just, I don't know. I don't. I'm not feeling Marcus. Okay. Well, we appreciate your input. Please feel free to chime in and possibly react to Marcus's call next week. We would love to hear from you again, Katie. Will do. He won't be bashing my Kyrie. Okay. Thank you very much, Katie. Have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could sense she was a Kyrie and a Duke fan. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah a little because bit. What, I, what, what told me that is she did not even touch on the fact that Marcus said Louisville has ugly women. 
Right. Yeah, she doesn't care about that. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't care about that. Kelly, do you think Louisville has beautiful women? I do. Louisville has I beautiful women. They really do. Really Lexington does. and Louisville. Yeah. I've never lived anywhere else, but they're, they're seeing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I moved here when I was seven. I've been here ever since. But yeah, I have no complaints. I agree with you. Now, if we go to Los Angeles, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm open to being uh, persuaded yeah. in another direction. So that's my honest uh, opinion. But no, there's no shortage of beautiful women here. Marcus, Marcus certainly. Is he a married man? No, Marcus I don't think is married. I've talked to him before. No, he's not married. Yeah. So he he also mixed in some (laughs) strip club comments. I don't, so I don't know exactly Marcus's thoughts there, but. uh, It tells you right there that he wasn't married. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not, not, not to be married man, hang out at strip clubs. Yeah. So, LeVar Ball, back to our LeVar Ball point. He said not only that his son will be better than Steph Curry, but when he was questioned farther about it, what was his response, Gary? That if the, if you switch both of them guys' places. That right they, now. Yeah, right now that the Golden State Warriors would be better than UCLA. <laughs> Which, you know, I guess a team full of pros, I guess a team full of college players, it, they probably would be better, but it don't wait, mean his wait. son's going to make them better. Could you imagine Steph on UCLA right now? He'd kill it. Oh, yeah, easy. He'd tear everybody up. I just don't see, I mean, why he's putting that, un- that undue is, pressure on his that son. That is so much pressure. That's ridiculous. In his shot, have you seen his jumper yet, Kelly? It is. I've, I don't, I've watched him. Yeah. I don't think it's going to make it, dude. He, he's got it's a like quick Sean release. Marion. Yeah, he's got a quick release, but it's very unconventional. He's 6'6", <laughs> 190 pounds, and he can light it up from deep. He can. Yeah. He's similar to Steph Curry. And he's bigger. But to say, to project that somebody's going to do what Steph Curry yeah. has done, which historically no one has ever came close to doing what Steph Curry has done. I'm as big of a Steph Curry, call it hater, as you will, I'd like to say realist, yeah. Yeah. as anyone. But I have to admit, nobody's ever came close to doing what Steph Curry has done yeah. offensively. Right? True. Right. Two right. has Two time, back to back. MVP. Unanimous MVP. <laughs> Steve Nash did that, but what I mean is, 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 and Steve Nash had somewhat similar impact offensively because he had a lot of assists and everything like that. But Steph Curry hitting threes at the clip that he has yeah. is completely unprecedented. He hit more threes in like a month yep. than I think Larry Bird did in his entire career. I don't know about that. <laughs> Something crazy. Seriously, have you looked at the numbers? Not Larry Bird. Nah. Look, how many threes do you think Larry Bird made in his career? Not that many because it wasn't the the game wasn't evol- revolving around the three. So you got to look at the era. So yeah. that's very accurate. Yeah. When Oscar Robertson, for example, averaged a triple double, there was like five other guys who were on the cusp of a triple double that year. And did you see mm. he he only landed third in the MVP, MVP voting that year? Oscar Robertson, yeah, did? when he averaged a triple double behind Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. Wow, <laughs> and Ru- and uh, Chamberlain averaged like some like forty five and twenty five. That's a pretty good <laughs> year. <laughs> All right, Larry Bird made six hundred forty nine three pointers in his entire NBA career. Yeah, I mean he was six nine though, so I mean, I mean yeah he he he, he shot several jump shots, but he he was more of the fifteen eight foot eighteen foot yeah. range shooter. Six forty nine for for Larry Bird in his career. What are you trying to say here, Kelly? And thus far, Steph Curry, in one season, he made 402. And 
in his career, he's made eight, just over 1,800. So, I mean, don't nothing to take away from Larry Bird. I watched a clip of Larry Bird the other day, just a little Twitter clip from a, a historical NBA Twitter account, and it was Larry Bird saying, yeah, it's the end of the, ro- the road um, trip. I'm going to shoot every time I shoot tomorrow in, in that game. I'm going to use my left hand. <laughs> Have you guys seen that? I, 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 he went on to drop like 42, and I watched every shot he took. And he was just he was shooting left-handed every time. Hook shots, uh, jumpers, everything. Little layups, everything. I think I saw him hit a three left-handed. Larry Bird was amazing. It's crazy that, that they didn't think he was good enough to play at Indiana, didn't it? I mean, he played, what, one year he yeah, sat out? What the hell happened there? I don't know. He transferred to Indiana State. Yeah. You don't see guys going to such small schools these days. Michael Beasley went to Kansas State. That was pretty um, small, but that was Bobby Huggins. I mean, that wasn't an unknown, and that yeah, was a big there's power a, there's conference. a couple Who? NBA players. I mean, Lillard, he went to a small school, right? Yeah. yeah. Steph Curry went to Davidson. Yeah. But Steph Curry <laughs> was undersized, so you could kind of see it. <laughs> yeah. Larry Bird was a big guy. Yeah. He was 6'8 from the, from the jump. I mean, he was, he was tall in high school, so you're right. That was... Very bizarre. Historically, Virginia Union produced not only Ben Wallace, but also I think Charles Oakley. Yeah, I think Charles Oakley. We've I'm heard his. Sure. We've heard his name recently, haven't we? A little bit. What about this three-on-three league? Who's creating it, Steve? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah. What is it? It's just a. Uh, <laughs> exactly what it sounds like—a three-on-three league with old basketball players. Iverson, Jason Williams, Bonzi Wells. Yeah, you don't want to see them guys running full court, them old guys. You know how many injuries there's going to be? Oh, yeah. Popped Achilles. Who would you guys pick all time, guys who are not in the NBA? Who would be your number one pick? What do you mean? If If you're doing a three-on-three. It it has to be washed-up NBA players? Somebody who's no longer in the NBA. Played in the NBA, basketball player, who's no longer in the NBA. But, okay. That's but, the only rule. But they've got to they've got to be willing to play in this three on three. Because no, you, I you, mean, if you could put together your fantasy current 2017, well, my first pick. I mean, Duncan would have to be up there. Somebody that's recently re- retired. You think Duncan really would great. be we, uh, head and shoulders above many others? Because he recently did play. Yeah. He had a very subpar season. Still, but okay, that's that it. Size. I can buy yeah. your argument there. Yeah, because okay. three on three, you're going to have to have an inside presence. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. to have one yeah. big man. How would Shaq do these days? Uh, he's out of shape. Uh, I don't, yeah. yeah. But if you put the ball, <clears throat> if you throw it into the post, you got to yeah. double down on him, yeah. and you're going to get some open three-pointers because there's so much space in a half court. What about uh, um, David Robinson? He looks like he can still play. Yeah, I, I think uh, – doesn't Baron Davis play a lot too? Yeah. Yeah, because he was trying to get back in the league. Yeah, he was. Yeah, so I don't know. Hey, speaking of getting back in the league, did you see Vince Young is trying to make a comeback after six years out of the NFL? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that. I don't see it happening. Who do you think has a better chance of making a comeback, Vince Young or Johnny Manziel? Manziel. All he's got to do is straighten up his act. I mean, he's he's young enough to where he's still got the legs. You know, because Vince Vince Young, he was his whole uh, offensive scheme was dependent on his legs also. Yeah, but do you see Manziel? I don't know. They said he kind of straightened up a little bit, but we'll, only time will tell. Did, we did just have another female caller. We're not going to be able really? to get to her. Yeah, but she was. I don't know what she was going to. She was trying to. She sounded pretty. <laughs> she sounded beautiful. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. <laughs>
We are the Weekend Sports Ruzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver, Gary Love. We'll be back next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. You're all right. Hot pain.